we, we love stories because we live stories. That, that's our life. It's just a collection of these little experiences, these stories that, that happen to us day to day. And this is really how our brains are designed to work. This is how we make sense of the world is based on our experiences connecting to the experiences somebody else is telling. So as a new manager, you come to me and say, hey, Mark, I need you to do this and this and this and this, and it's really important. I may go, okay, it's important, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. But I'll make my own assumptions about why it's important. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Hello, I am really glad that you're here. Welcome to another episode of Management Development Unlocked. Listen, while you still have your device in your hand, I'd like to ask three favors, please. Number one, please subscribe to the show. Number two, please share the show with just one other person. And number three, go to GerardTrainingSolutions.com and leave your name and email address so that you can download my free ebook on becoming a manager. Today, I have Mark Carpenter with me. Mark, welcome to the show. Who are you and what do you do? Thank you so much, Eric. I am the co-author of the book Master Storytelling, and I teach a workshop around that that's designed to help us identify experiences in our lives that we can turn into stories to teach, lead, sell, and inspire. And so particularly for the audience today, it's really about how do you take these real-life experiences and turn them into something where you can lead your team, where you can teach important principles, where you can help inspire the actions that you want from your team in a more personal and impactful way. Awesome. And full disclosure, I have read Mark's book. It's a great read. It's an easy read. So it's something that, that doesn't take hours and hours and hours to read, which is nice. And Mark, you also offer a class on this as well. Is that right? That is correct. We, we do this as a workshop. We do it in a virtual format where it's uh, three days, 90 minutes each day, or we'll come into organizations. We'll teach your whole team. And it'll let you work together on the stories that you need to teach, lead, sell, and inspire to the other people that you work with within your organization. Awesome. Well, it's on my list to take. And I think I need to take it sooner than later. I like telling stories, but it takes work for me to, to, to get a story into a training class. And so I would really, I think I would really benefit from this. So not to worry, we will give you a chance to plug that, that workshop and that book in a future question. Well, I, I'm going to go back to one thing you just said there too, Eric, because yeah. I think there's some of your listeners that are probably relating to that too, where you said, yeah, I get it. It's it's important to do, but it takes work. And really, it's like any other skill, because there's a lot of times people will say to me, well, I'm just not a natural gifted storyteller. That's just not my jam. I, 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 I don't do that. But it's like any other skill we develop. It takes some time to do it, and it takes getting the direction, practicing it, getting some coaching, working on it and getting better at it over time. So don't think of storytelling as a, a gift that you either have or don't, but think of it as a skill that you develop over time. Okay, awesome. That's good Good to know. Good way to frame it. Because this is a management development show, of course, everything that we're going to talk about is going to connect back to the new manager. And since you're a storytelling expert, what I'm interested in is why is storytelling important to connecting to your people as a new manager, your people, your team, why is that skill important? Well, you think think about who we are as human beings. We we are we are storytelling creatures. This is we we love stories because we live stories. That that's our life. It's just a collection of these little experiences, these stories that that happen to us day to day. And this is really how our brains are designed to work. This is how we make sense of the world. Is 
based on our experiences, connecting to the experiences somebody else is telling. So as a new manager, you come to me and say, hey, Mark, I need you to do this and this and this and this, and it's really important. I may go, okay, it's important, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. But I'll make my own assumptions about why it's important. If you can tell me the quick experience you've had that shows why it's important to do it this way, I'm going to understand that better, I'm going to remember it more, and I am going to be more connected with you as a leader too. There's been a lot of brain research around this in the last decade or so where it shows how storytelling really connects us as individuals on a neurological and chemical level. And so I'm going to trust you more as you explain this information to me in the form of a story than if you just say, go do this. So I, we want to hear that story. We want to, to understand our world in terms of those stories. So you as a new manager, if you can do that with your people, you will create a greater connection with them where they are more willing to follow you. All right. So I'm a manager and I need to motivate my people to do something. I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell me about a story that you would tell to a new employee when you're trying to motivate them to do a task. Yeah. So, so give, give me an example of something and, and let's go beyond a task, but let's mm-hmm. go beyond, go into something you actually want them to do. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pulling it up more to a cultural level. So maybe it's, uh, I want you to work better together as a team. I want you to support each other without need for reciprocity. What, what, so so give, give me a, a, a kind of a place you would go on what you want people to do. Okay, uh, real life example. Here, here I'm willing to play along with you, but I, I'm going to make you set the set the boundaries on it a little <laughs> you're bit. Gonna make, you're going to make me work as well. That's okay, right. turnabout, fair play, fine. <laughs> so here's here's a real life thing. So I am a newly installed director for the Association for Talent Development. I'm the director for membership experience. I've got a new team that I'm going to meet with at five o'clock tonight. And what I want to do is make sure that everybody's on the same page about why we exist as a team, what do we do, how do we help, and how do we work with each other around that? Awesome. That's a great example. And so I, I would think back to, to my own experiences. I'll, I'll just put myself into your spot. I, I think back on your experiences about what it was that got you into the organization in the first place. What got you to be there? What is the value you see that, a, that, that ATD is providing for people and that you've experienced yourself? And so don't just say, well, it's really important to do this because we're providing this and this and this value to other people. But think back to the time where you got value out of it and then share with them that experience. When I first came into ATD, I wasn't sure if it was going to give me what I wanted or needed. But then this person did this for me. And I realized this is my value. This is my tribe. And that got me into it. And that's what I want to be able to provide for other people. And that is the opportunity that we have in our position to provide for the members of ATD to to give them this that I got out of it too. And so you're sharing that experience and they're connecting into their experiences with ATD to get them there. And that will motivate them more to provide those kinds of experiences for other people. Nice. To me, that makes perfect sense. It, it, it just seems to, to make perfect sense. And so now that you've kind of laid out the case for why stories are important and just given an example of how you might do it, and by the way, thank you, I'm going to steal all that verbatim. Go for it. <laughs> why don't new managers tap into the power of storytelling? I, I think it's largely because they're not told it's something they can do. 
<laughs> and and they're not taught how. Think about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this back to you again. So we have this as a back and forth. Think back to the first time you were put in a position where you were leading people, and think about the training that is typically provided. And maybe you were with an exceptional company that provided more than the average. But what kind of training does the average new people manager get as they're starting into that role? What kind of things do they get trained on? Well, I did not have a good experience. I started out with no training and did my best and and mucked it up. And, you know, I didn't set goals. I didn't do, I didn't provide feedback. I micromanaged. I did all the wrong things. Then I went to, to training class and I'm not going to name the employer, but the training class was garbage. It was just, it was ridiculous. It was, it was just basic blocking and tackling, but done in a really trite way. And it was offensive. I was offended by it. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we talked about things like coaching and goal setting and stuff like that, but I don't remember it because I was, I was sitting there going, oh my gosh, I can't believe they paid this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said you had a bad experience. I'm going to say the, what you just described was a fairly typical experience. And, and, and that's sad, but, but I think it's true. And I think back to my experiences in that same situation where I was as a new manager now leading people and the kind of training I got, A, it wasn't great training, similar to what you just said, but it was more around, okay, here's how you work the systems. Here, here's your process for annual and quarterly reviews. Here's how to submit your budget. Here's how to put in people's time off when they're taking vacation. And, and it was managing things and stuff, but there wasn't anything around how do I coach my people? How do I connect with my people? And so I think this goes back to the original question. Why don't new managers use storytelling to teach, lead, and inspire their teams? Because that's not what they're taught in. They're taught process, system. And so they get in their minds, the way to lead is by doing these system things right. It's giving directives, it's sharing data and information, but it's not the the leading and inspiring that people really need. And especially now, I would say now more than ever, that's the kind of leadership that employees, not just employers, but employees demand of their leaders is someone that they can feel connected to and that they can feel that they want to follow as they go forward. And so I think it's a skill that doesn't get used because it's not taught as a skill for leadership, but it certainly can be. And you haven't said it, but I'm going to make the connection back to empathy and and how you can use stories to generate a sense of empathy between manager and employee so that that employee feels connected to the manager and connected to the bigger purpose. Is, yeah. that, is that a fair thing to say? That, that, that's more than a fair thing to say. That's a completely accurate thing to say. I referenced some of the, the brain science that's uh, been done and the research that's been done over the last decade. One of those by Dr. Paul Zak at Claremont Graduate University. He has gotten into what chemically happens within your brain when you're listening to a well-told story. And the first thing they identified is that there's an increase in oxytocin. So when I'm listening to you, I'll, I'll go to the example that you used earlier. If I'm on your ATD board and you're talking to me tonight about your experience getting into ATD, I'm relating that to my experience in, the, in, in ATD. And now we're connected as people because I, I can relate to that. 
I can relate to your experience because my experience has been similar. Even if it's not exactly the same, it's been similar enough that now I can relate to you. That increases the oxytocin in my brain. And the impact of oxytocin is it increases trusts, trust between the people. So now I trust you more as a leader. I can feel more empathy from you because I see that we're in the same situation or we've been in the same situation. So absolutely, it brings in greater empathy. It builds trust among the team. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Now you've got me, you've got my, my juices flowing for this meeting I'm going to have. I think you just wrecked my agenda though. <laughs> well, that was not my intent to wreck your agenda. But hopefully it'll make your agenda stronger as, as, as I've only got an hour with these guys, so I got to, I got to figure out how to squeeze it all in. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because sometimes people will, will respond that way as a, as an opposition to using story. Oh, I don't have time to tell all these stories. I just need to give people information. Well, I'm not talking about telling epic tales. We're not talking about the Lord of the Rings here. We're, we're, we're talking about just a very short experience that maybe is a two-minute, three-minute story to make the point. And I guarantee you that if you invest the time in doing that two to three minutes with a, a quick story in there, it will make people remember better. It'll actually make the rest of the agenda more impactful. You remind me of a comment that a CEO of a small company I was training made. I was, I was running a basic management class. And I was, you know, I mean, my presentation skills were on point and everything was fine. And I paused for questions and he sat and looked thoughtful for a second. And he said, you know what? I'm, I'm really missing the human component of all of this. I really, I really want to hear a human piece to this. And so that was my cue to, to step it up and tell a story. And I think I came up with something, but it's something that I know I'm lacking is that, that natural go-to to tell a story. And the fact that you just reassured me and everybody listening that it doesn't mean that you have to read War and Peace. Fabulous book, by the way. But <laughs> you don't have to go that deep, just two or three minutes to, to get that oxytocin flowing. And that now makes perfect sense about why my girls, even at 13, almost 14, love it when I tell them stories. Yep. They, they ask for stories. And, and, and my version of stories for them are, are made up ridiculous stories, usually featuring the coyote and roadrunner and some, some new characters I've introduced to the universe. And they love it. They, they just absolutely love it. And if it's making them feel good because there's oxytocin being generated, then that explains why they ask so much. Yeah, right, right on. And we as human beings, that's how we think. That, that, that's how we learn. That's how we connect with each other. By the way, in my family, when my kids would ask, uh, ask me to tell them a story, I would usually tell them some story about my brother and his escapades when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Because I, I have all of these we refer to in my family as Uncle Michael stories. And all these stories of funny things that he did when he was a kid. My kids loved those stories mm -hmm. because they could connect to them. And it's, it's about the foibles of life. And, and they're very real. And they're very relatable. And so that's the power of story. I'm getting a lot from this conversation. This is marvelous. This is good stuff. I think I might be getting more than my, my listeners, which is, which is okay this time. Well, and, and, and your listeners just benefit from our conversation because of what you're learning from it. So yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the wonderful part of I just having this, these conversations. Yep. Yep. All right. Here's my last scripted question. I'm a new manager. How do I develop the ability to tell stories? 
Well, I think there's a couple of sides to this because that, that starts with, well, what stories can I tell? What, what stories do I even have? I, I had an experience years ago where I was, I was teaching this point as we were in a trainer certification. And I said, when you do your little teach back as part of this certification tomorrow, we want you to tell a story. And this person said, well, can I just make them up? And I said, no, I want you to tell a real life story, a real experience that you've had. They said, well, I don't know that I've had any experiences that'll help with this. I don't, I, I, where am I going to come up with this kind of story? It stressed this person out tremendously. So I, I tried to coach her through it a little bit. I was a little worried about her. The next day she came back and as part of her teaching, she shared an experience that she'd had the night before on the elevator in the hotel where we were. And so I, I asked her, I probed with her a little bit after and said, where did you come up with that story? And she said, I was thinking about my contact, my context, my, the content that I was going to teach. And I was worried about what I was going to share and what story I, I couldn't come up with anything. I decided just to go out and take a walk, got in the elevator, went down the elevator, had this encounter with the person, started walking around the hotel. And I went, wait, that's my story. That's the experience that I can turn into a story to, to teach this point. It's right there. So the first thing I always tell people as they're starting to use this skill is just look for them. Look for the stories that are part of your day-to-day life and your everyday experience because they'll be there. And so you have to know what kind of lessons do I need to teach? What kind of things do I want to get across? And then if you start looking, the, the universe starts sending them to you. They're going to be there for you. And then think about what is the point that I want to make with that story because that'll help you streamline the experience into the lesson that you want to get across from that story. And so then I would just say, of course, a little self-promotional as it sounds, go read my book and that'll give you the process for turning that experience into an actual story that you can use. And then just keep practicing and and just start using the skill because the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Since you mentioned it, where can we find your book and where can we find your class? Well, the first place that I send people is our website, which is master-storytelling.com. So you have to have a little dash between master and storytelling to to get to the right place. And we have an events uh, section on the site where you can see where our publicly available workshops are. You can contact me through that site as well if you want to do something internal, if we want to get something that's a little more specific to you and to your organization and to your leadership. You can also find me on LinkedIn. You can find Master Storytelling on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. There's a lot of people named Mark Carpenter out in the world, as it turns out. But look for Master Storytelling on LinkedIn, and that'll connect you to me. I'd be happy to connect with everybody that way. In fact, we didn't talk about this before, Eric, but I'm just going to throw this out here just because we've had such a great conversation. I would offer to all of your listeners a free copy of the ebook of Master Storytelling. And the way they can get access to that is to go to a little hidden page on our website. So go master-storytelling.com and then with a forward slash podcast gift. And then it'll take you to a little page where you put your name and your email in there and I will send you a copy of our ebook. Nice. Thank you. Uh, and it's a good book. I had I have read it and I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, let's let's transition to the speed round then. If you could interview anyone sitting in my seat, who would it be and why? So this is always one of those questions that I have to come back with and say, is it okay to go with people uh, who, who are no longer alive? Yeah, anybody. Okay, if I, if I could bring people back, I think the first person that I would get would be Abraham Lincoln. 
Mm-hmm. First, I'd want to know how many of the quotes attributed to him did he actually say? But second, I would just love to get his thought process for leading the United States during that really, really critical time in our history. Mm-hmm. And how, how what were his thought process in that leadership that he demonstrated during that time? And I'd also love to ask him, and if you had been alive for your complete second term, what kind of things would you have done? What kind of things would you have done differently? So that that's one of the people that I consider a, a hero in my life. And I'd, I'd mm-hmm. love to, to have that chance to sit down and talk with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. My father-in-law gave us, I think it's a six volume set, a biography of Lincoln. It's a massive tome. There's, yeah. been, there's been a lot said about the man. Yeah. And there's another great book, uh, and I'm not going to be able to get the author's name right, but it's Team of Rivals is another wonderful, wonderful work. It's pretty dense, but it talks about how Abraham Lincoln pulled together people who were political opponents of his to work on his cabinet and how he worked with them. And at times he just stood up to him and said, no, we're not going to do that. And they were furious with him. And at other times he said, okay, we're going to go your direction instead of mine. And so that's one of the things that I'd love to talk to Abraham Lincoln about. How yeah. did you make those decisions about which ones you decided to change your mind on and which one you decided to stick to your guns on? Yeah, I've heard of that book. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great book. If, yeah. if you like history and if you like that era, that's a, that's a really good book. Awesome. Right now I'm reading Stephen King, so a little different. <laughs> a little different genre. <laughs> a little different, yeah. Favorite vacation spot and why? Oh, this was a hard one, but I think I'm going to go with Puerto Rico. I visited Puerto Rico a couple of times. And the thing I loved about Puerto Rico is you've got all sorts of variety. You can go to a relaxing stroll along the beach. You can go to another beach where you can go snorkeling. You can go up into the rainforest and do some hiking in the, in the rainforest. You can see Spanish culture with some of the old forts that, that are there. There's just so many different things that you can do on that one little island. And I just I just find Puerto Rico fascinating. I've never been. I've been to Puerto Vallarta, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, little bit different background. But yeah, <laughs> okay, so now yeah. you got to try it. Now I got, you, got one more thing to add to your list. <laughs> Go to Puerto Rico. We, we love to travel. Yeah, we love to travel. Great. Okay, so where would you most like to travel aside from Puerto Rico? The list is so long. <laughs> I, I've had the opportunity. This is another one of my favorite spots uh, the, to go to Eastern Africa, to Tanzania. And I'd love to go back to Tanzania and Kenya. But there's a place on my bucket travel list that I have never been to, which is Australia. And I would love to get to Australia. I'm a tennis fan. So one of my bucket list items is to go to Melbourne in January one year and attend the the Australian Open Tennis Tournament and, and just enjoy some time in Australia. I lived there for a couple of years. Oh, amazing. Which part? Yeah. I was mostly in Sydney, around Sydney. Okay. Yeah. My commute was across the Sydney Harbor Bridge. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a good place. Yeah. I would recommend it. It's a good place to visit for sure. That's where I got certified to scuba dive. Awesome. Yeah. I'd love to do that. That is that is way, way up there on my list. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good idea. And my last question for you, sir, what brings you the most joy in your life? I think the thing that brings me the greatest joy in my life, and again, there's a lot of things that bring me joy. I have I have 12 grandchildren. And so grandchildren bring me a lot of joy just being with them. I had three of them over here just a little while ago, just before we got on. But I think the thing that even more brings me joy is just seeing people make a connection to something that's important to them. So in the context of what we've been talking about, 
to see it click with people when they say, oh, wow, I really can use storytelling to help me accomplish my goals. It's a joy for me to see them take new steps and to see other people reach their goals and accomplish what they need to and be able to help them along that path. And so really, it's, it's, it's helping other people grow and develop is one of the things that brings me great joy. Wonderful. Awesome. All right. Well, Mark, thank you very much. That was a lot of fun. I learned a ton. And I hope that the folks listening learned a bunch as well. We know how folks can find you, but just to remind us, what's the, the quickest and simplest way to find you? Simplest way is master-storytelling.com. That'll get you to our website and you can always connect with me through that as well. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at gerardtrainingsolutions.com. 